Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Catherine Marchesini, Chief Privacy Officer at ONC. In this segment, we talk about the unique perspective she gained while working as a technology consultant and how it helps her in her role today, how CIOs and other leaders can create a culture of privacy and security, and the approach she recommends to help sell cybersecurity to the board. So now, as far as your own background, uh, you've been in your current role since January, but having uh, previously served as senior advisor and deputy director for privacy. So, what were your thoughts on uh, you know being named to this role, and kind of how did you how did you approach that? Overall, I'm very appreciative of the opportunity to to continue serving and contributing to work that is deeply important and inspiring and having the chance to work on things that generally make people's lives better. And overall, I feel it's a pivotal time to be in health privacy. You know, we've been researching very actively, analyzing, thinking long and hard about many of these issues and questions for years. And so looking at them, you know, particularly through a technology agnostic lens, I mean, at the time, you know, during some of the early years at ONC and and through work of our federal advisory committees, some of the areas and use case we were looking at, you know, with industry were either theoretical or the technology was in the early stages of development or adoption. And so now, you know, we're at a, at a tipping point and we're trying our best to tackle some of these issues in tandem with the rapid advances real time. And I'm sure it, it, it was uh, maybe not necessarily surprising, but uh, given that, that this was a role that was going to be el- eliminated, but obviously there, there clearly is a, is a need for somebody in this position. Right. I mean, in a way, for me, you know, I see it as I had a bit of on-the-job training um, in, in 2014 when I served as the acting chief privacy officer, and this was during a time of transition between political appointees under the, the last administration for the chief privacy officer. But, you know, as a career federal civil servant, doing what I can to help explain, here's what we've done, here's where we've been, you know, why we are where we are, where we'd like to go, trying my best to to bridge the traditional gap between civil servants and political appointees. During this time, I'm trying, you know, my best to be consistent, you know, provide some consistency across the, the privacy and security portfolio and what I hope be seen as efficient use of taxpayer dollars. There's challenges every day. It's been a you know, learning opportunity. And, and while there are many uncertainties in some areas with the change of administration, it's also fortunate, you know, for me as well as ONC, that, you know, health IT is a bipartisan issue. Right. And so, as you may know, the overall push to use electronic health records started under the, the George W. Bush administration as a result of an executive order in, in 2004. So in some way, you know, I like to think you could say that things have been in transition since then. Yeah. However, with supporting bipartisan federal laws, first with the high tech in, in 2009, most recently the 21st Century Cures in, in 2016, with those being passed along the way, it's helped to provide continuity as well as momentum toward the, the target outcome. Right. And then you also have uh, experience as a technology consultant, and um, it seems like uh, have, have a diverse education. How do you think that this has helped prepare you for your current role? It's provided me, I would say, with understanding, perspective, transparency, 
for me, the, the intersection of the three disciplines, it's truly prevalent in healthcare and has provided me with the tools to contribute to society and the lives of others. I have a distinct perspective and opportunity to, to view situations through various lenses um, and continuously seeking to understand business drivers, legal uncertainties, practical realities that many health IT stakeholders consider, you know, when trying to meet the, the business needs or the requirements through development, implementation, and use of technology. And, and so, you know, while there are competing interests that need to be balanced, there's ways to address and, and provide reasonable steps and approaches to protect health information, confidentiality, integrity, and availability. And, and that's the approach I'm trying to take in my role. Mm-hmm. Now, um, as far as uh, our audience is, is largely CIOs, and obviously, privacy and security are are very high priorities, but there are a number of organizations that don't necessarily have a dedicated chief information security officer. Can you you give some thoughts from your perspective about why it's really critical right now to have somebody, if not a CISO, then someone who understands this at a high level? Great question. Everyone has a role to play in protecting and securing electronic health information and, and cybersecurity privacy and security, you know, it's a shared responsibility. And, and a lot of it only can be achieved in a culture where privacy and security are valued. And, you know, everyone kind of has a role to play in creating, you know, such a culture. And so from my perspective, it's only a matter of time when an organization will have a security or cybersecurity incident and having someone in place who understands the risk and that will help an organization be better positioned to take preventative measures against identified risk. Let's say, for example, you know, by conducting a risk assessment, an organization can uncover, you know, technical, physical, and administrative vulnerabilities as, you know, looking at their security policies, their processes, and their systems. And so when an organization is able to address these issues, um, a security individual or professional or someone dedicated to that, that role, they can potentially prevent data breaches, or other adverse security events. And so also helping to make sure that the organization is best positioned to have, you know, the process and procedures in place to respond when an actual security incident occurs. And so if an organization doesn't have a dedicated CISO, someone that's very focused on security, um, they still need to have someone in the organization dedicated to this topic area. And particularly if an organization is, uh, is covered by HIPAA, as part of the HIPAA security rule, administrative safeguard requirements, covered entity must designate a security official who is responsible for developing and implementing its security policies and procedures. And so, you know, I know oftentimes there, you know, may be limited resources for smaller organizations. And, you know, just to share that regardless of the size of the organization, you know, organization must seek to understand, you know, the organization's responsibility to integrate cybersecurity practice into their culture. We've heard, you know, for smaller healthcare organizations, you know, there may not be as much complexity. Um, and oftentimes, smaller organizations don't have many resources or a dedicated IT staff or the bandwidth to dedicate to both security as well as privacy. And 
the healthcare provider, you know, particularly, this isn't necessarily their core competency. And so I would just share that over the years, ONC partnership with our HHS colleagues have developed a variety of, of free, publicly available um, privacy and security educational materials and resources to, to help aid healthcare provider organizations that may not have in-house security expertise, particularly those that might, you know, may be in a small practice setting. Right. And I'm sure that what, what you really don't want to see are organizations that think that they have a pretty good cybersecurity strategy in place and then either are hit with a breach or um, see the impact on another organization. And we don't want it to be a, a reactive thing. Absolutely, Kate. I think being proactive, preventative, and, and just trying to integrate security, privacy and security, cybersecurity, you know, good hygiene is the best approach. Right, right. Any advice for, for CIOs or other uh, high-level leaders on, on how they can kind of communicate this need to the boards? Um, you know, I know that for some it's, it's a challenge because there are limited resources, everyone's feeling a strain, but really any, any tips on how they can kind of drive the point home to the board that this is something that does need resources? Great, great question, Kate. And we, you know, ONC sometimes hears that it's a constant battle between, you know, profitability of business investments and unprofitable, you know, quote, unprofitable security investments to protect the current bottom line of an organization. Um, and as you noted, you know, the, the challenge seems to be more about convincing, you know, senior leaders to buy into a particular cybersecurity strategy, you know, given the competing interest. So uh, from my perspective, some factors to consider and, and make potential practical steps to take when trying to, to communicate additional funding or prioritization. You know, I, I would just suggest, you know, first making sure, you know, you, you know your audience and try to articulate the problem, the impact, and the proposed solution through a business lens and an overall perspective. You know, in many instances, this is translating technical language and jargon to the practical realities that leaders face. You know, business-oriented metrics, you know, how much monetary loss have the security controls prevented, yeah. and trying to explain how cybersecurity strategy can be a business advantage, including right. potentially helping to engender patient trust and customer loyalty. And, you know, from a IT, CISO, CIO perspective, try to seek to understand the organization's immediate and long-term business priorities, you know, to ensure that the organization's cybersecurity plan kind of aligns with the business goals. The second, you know, I would suggest is involving executives, you know, senior business leaders, as well as other workforce members at all levels from the business line, you know, including them when you're doing the, the organization security risk assessment. So, you know, the risk assessment can enable an organization to have an awareness of the or the practices or the organization's overall security posture, making sure that electronic health information is safe and secure. And so trying to focus on the bottom line key points, you know, when, when interfacing with leadership, for example, what's the impact to the bottom line if an identified risk is realized? or, you know, a vulnerability is not addressed, and, and trying to explain that, you know, what they can do about it and what the likely outcome with the various options that you're proposing. And then lastly, I know I mentioned before, but 
just developing an organizational culture of proactive security. Everyone has a role to play to protect and secure health information, and without strong support from senior leaders and the board, it can be even more challenging for organizations to have strong cybersecurity practices. So strive to assist leaders in understanding their responsibility and integrating the privacy and security in their, their culture. And as mentioned earlier, I mean, cybersecurity is a, is a shared responsibility. Some situations, this may involve changing an organizational culture, you know, helping employees, not just leadership. We realize that the duty of keeping patient health information safe requires, you know, help from the entire organization. Right. Right. It's a really good point. It's, this has to be all hands on deck. Much like a lot of things I know in an organization, but it's yeah. something I think that often gets overlooked. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I could certainly talk to you more, but the, that about wraps up what I wanted to ask this time. Um, I really appreciate uh, you taking the time to speak, and um, I, I think that this is a perspective that our audience, our readers, are really going to appreciate. So thank you. Great. No, thanks for reaching out, Kate, and I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.